Coming up on Philosophy Talk, Jewish philosophy. Let's think about a variety of different religious and ethical traditions. Judaism, and one could say the same thing about Christianity and Islam, is really dealing with a kind of encounter between God and human beings. Is Jewish philosophy more about Judaism or more about universal philosophical issues? Judaism it doesn't claim to provide an ethics for all people. And it doesn't make a universal claim that everybody ought to believe these things or everybody ought to live in a certain way or else they won't be saved. Our guest is Paul Franks from the University of Toronto. God is also learning something about morality from human experience. It wouldn't be possible for God to know without that human experience because it requires the existence of a created world and finite human beings who are going to mess things up. Jewish philosophy, coming up on Philosophy Talk. After the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 KALW, Loco Innovative Public Radio for San Francisco. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. And from that lovely oasis of thought, we migrate to this oasis of the air, and from the air to the internet via our blog, the blog.philosophytalk.org, where our motto is cogito ergo blogo. I think therefore I blog. Go check it out. And today, Ken, we're talking about Jewish philosophy. I suppose there's a question of what we mean uh, if we just mean articles and books written by... Jews, then we could discuss, say, Howard Wettstein and David Kaplan on reference. Oh, well, or somebody more familiar under it, we could discuss Marx, who said that religion is the opiate of the masses. But, uh, you know, that's not what we're talking about. Not philosophy written by Jews, but philosophy written by people who are deeply engaged with the philosophers who are deeply engaged with the Jewish religious tradition, with the Talmud and the, and the Bible, and trying to articulate it, defend it, reconcile it with reason, that, that sort of thing. Now, Jewish philosophy, like Christian philosophy and Islamic philosophy, in the sense you describe, flowers in the in the Middle Ages. Uh, uh, the the Muslim philosophers uh, rediscover the works of Aristotle. This passes to the Jewish philosophers and then to the Christian philosophers. And I must say, Ken, if I were to go back in time and be a philosopher in that era, I would definitely choose to be uh, a Jewish philosopher. Uh, rather than a Christian philosopher. Now, why would you say a thing like that? I mean, what, why? What's the basis for that choice? Because the Christian philosophers have what we might call an apparent contradiction right in the middle of their theology, namely the Trinity, three and one, one and three, and all that. And the Jews are real monotheists, so they at least don't have that apparent contradiction to <laughs> well, overcome. Well, there is that, especially given the kind of Aristotelian background with which they're all working by the time we're talking about. Uh, you know, Aristotelian substance is a kind of unity, right? But the Trinity is three persons, one substance. And he's like, how, how's that supposed to be? How's that go with the unity of substance and therefore the unity of God? That, you're right about I mean, that. I, I mean, but it's I, not as though Judaism is without problems in confronting in, in, in its philosophical. Now, I, I just want to make it this guy. I don't mean that a really brilliant philosopher like Al Plantinga or Bob Adams might not prefer to go back and be a Christian philosopher so they could grapple with this seemingly impossible problem. But for me, I'd rather be a Jewish But it's not philosopher. all, it's not all no, roses. For it's the... not all roses. They still got uh, Aristotle didn't believe in individual immortality. Aristotle's what 
people meant by reason at the time. And he, he believed in the finitude of space. and I mean, he didn't believe in the finitude of space and time, which which seems sort of implied by the opening books of the Bible. Right, right. So if it's created. It wasn't lasting forever. It was not immortal. And no individual is immortal. So look, I mean, there's a lot to learn about Jewish philosophy. Yeah, like you, Ken, I didn't learn much as an undergraduate. So we better learn a lot on this program. And our roving philosophical reporter, Paula Stryker, also wanted to find out more. So she files this report. Some people think the Greeks hold a monopoly on philosophy, but like the birds and the bees, everyone does it. So what's Jewish philosophy? Jewish philosophy in general is very much concerned with the Bible uh, and the question of creation and the question of what kind of God is God. Leora Batnitsky is associate professor of religion at Princeton University. When it comes to Jewish philosophers, the most famous by far is medieval rabbi Moses Maimonides. He thought a lot about the nature of God. Maimonides was very concerned about the question of anthropomorphism in the Bible. Uh, there are many descriptions of God as if God is a human personality. God gets angry, God has all kinds of feelings, God loves the people. And for Maimonides, this was extremely disturbing. And he argued that all people had to understand that God couldn't be spoken about like you speak about a person. That's absolutely central. Solomon ibn Gabarol, an 11th century Jewish philosopher who most people have never even heard of, had a large influence on Christian thinkers, including Thomas Aquinas. His main argument was that you couldn't really separate spirit from matter. In a general sense, this idea really led to the separation between theology and philosophy, ultimately. This argument that you don't have to talk about God in transcendent terms, or you don't have to talk about reality in transcendent terms. It was Jewish philosophers who carried the torch of Greek and Arab thought to Europe. Solomon ibn Gabirol is the person who really is credited with bringing Islamic philosophy into Christian thought, not just into Jewish thought. Maimonides as well is very influenced by Muslim philosophers. The connection between Jewish philosophers and the Islamic world, even into fairly modern times, seems surprising given today's headlines. Almost all modern Jewish philosophers, with a couple of exceptions, argued that Judaism was much closer to Islam than it was to Christianity. In fact, when modern Jewish philosophers wanted to argue that Judaism was a rational religion, they compared Judaism to Islam. Not only that, but the study of Islam, the academic study of Islam, at least in Germany, was pioneered by Jewish thinkers. One of the best-known modern Jewish philosophers was Martin Buber, who died in 1965. His big contribution to philosophy involves concepts called the I-thou and I-it relationships. Basically, uh, his idea is that we can understand people as objects or as subjects. Um, when we understand them as objects, that's an I-it relationship. We understand other people in an instrumental way. We use them for something. But the more authentic way of being uh, is in our relationship with other people, uh, and he calls that the I-thou or the I-you relationship. And he claims that this is the relationship with God. In relation with other people, we experience our relationship to God. We can't talk about modern Jewish philosophy without talking about the Holocaust. Emmanuel Levinas, who died in 1995, tackled the Holocaust through a philosophical lens. For him, the question is, after the Holocaust, how can philosophy talk about morality? I mean, he starts off his, uh, one of his main works, Totality and Infinity, with the question of, uh, have we been duped by morality? And for Levinas, that's really the philosophical question, not just for Jews, but for everybody. According to Botnitsky, the nature of God is central to Jewish philosophy. 
answered that question about God and God's relationship to the human being, in many ways is this question of transcendence. What does transcendence mean philosophically? What does imminence mean philosophically? In that sense, I think that's a contribution of Jewish thought uh, or Jewish philosophy to philosophy. Now, is it particularly Jewish more so than Christian or, say, uh, Islamic? I think the answer there, and this is the answer that lots of Jewish philosophers give, is, well, Judaism is the original. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Polly Stryker. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.